0: ladies. Thanks so much for joining me back on the No Higher Calling podcast. I don't know about you, but my heart has so enjoyed and been encouraged and challenged by studying through Psalm 23 this year. Um, I, I pray it's the same way for you. It has just been so rich, such a good study um, that has encouraged me every time I sit down and, and study and prepare for these podcast episodes and really just study for myself, the Lord meets me there and shows me um, more riches from His truth. And as we've said every time, a familiar passage, um, one that you know even non-believers are often familiar with, um, familiarity does not mean that it is, it is less important or that there is less to glean from because we've already gotten it all. Um, actually, I, I feel like because I am so familiar with this, it has just um, become such an integral part of, of my thinking, of my vocabulary, of my prayers, of my worship because it's just infused into my heart and my thoughts, especially this year as we spend so much dedicated time to this psalm. Um, but I, we're going to get today into verse 4. We are halfway through uh, in Psalm 23. We're going to take a little bit longer phrases here as we go through the second half of this year and of this, this chapter. Um, but I really just pray that the Lord will meet us here in this episode, in this moment, whatever you're doing, um, that, that our hearts will turn heavenward and glean what God has for us. So we're going to start as we always do, reading through Psalm 23, uh, and then we'll dive into some truths that God shows us. Psalm 23. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Today we're going to look at that phrase in verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I think this might be the longest portion that we've looked at in this study. Um, You know, we looked at the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And here we are, uh, coming up to this this verse on the valley of the shadow of death. You know, this uh, because of this verse, really, I think this passage tends to be frequently used at funerals um, so often, and I've heard it used at funerals before. and it is a, a passage that brings great comfort. Um, but but the Lord has so much for us as we study through this, and, and I'm looking forward to really digging into that today. But I have to say at the very beginning, before I get any further, and I've, I've been doing this, I'm, I'm thinking, Lord willing, in every episode, that everything that comes into Psalm 23, all six of these verses really hinge upon one statement, one um, comment that David makes that is his, his confidence, is the foundation that he builds upon, is a rock solid belief in his heart. And that is that the Lord is my shepherd. Present tense, state of being verb there is my shepherd. That's a, that's a personal possessive pronoun, my shepherd. And like I said, we, we've we've said this before, we addressed this before, um, but everything that goes from that, the I shall not want, the leading, the restoring, the comforting, the being with us, the preparing, the goodness and mercy all the days of our life, dwelling in his house forever, is contingent upon you having the assurance that the Lord is your shepherd. So let me just say right off the bat here before we go any further, if you do Do not know with that complete assurance, with that confidence. If there's any doubt in your heart that the Lord is your shepherd, then... I would love nothing more than to talk to you about how the Bible shows you that you can know for sure that he's your shepherd. Um, If you have, even better, if you have a real life person, a pastor, a pastor's wife, um, a friend, a family member, someone that you can go to um, to speak with them, God wants you to have assurance. He wants you to have confidence about your soul's salvation, knowing that your sins are forgiven and that you will spend eternity in heaven with him. So if you do not know, take care of that. I am praying through uh, really this series specifically in the podcast that the Lord will save someone's soul, that he will become someone's shepherd, that that lost sheep will be returned back into his fold. It's the most important decision that you could ever make. Um, And you know, the, the interesting thing about hosting a podcast is I see the numbers of the downloads Um, But I don't see the faces. I don't know the stories. I don't know the lives. Um, And and so I don't know who's going to hear this episode. I tend to think that I'm speaking to people just like me. Uh, Christians moms, um, you know, homemakers, but the reality is something that God has given me a glimpse of and people contacting me is that that's not always the case. Um, there's people from all over this world that God has crossed paths with this podcast, and I just pray that I steward that well, that I am faithful to that responsibility, and and what is my goal in, in all of this and No Higher Calling and all the time and effort and investment investment of me that i pour into this it is that christ be magnified it is that he be made big and that i be made small it is that every lady that hears this podcast that buys the resources that is influenced by by anything of my life sees the shepherd and so i wanted to just give that at the beginning if you don't know meet your shepherd. He loves you and he, he wants to be there for you. We'll see that so much as we get into this more so. So as we look into this portion, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. I love that phrase. Thou art with me. And again, we see a progression here in this verse. Yea, yea, surely, verily. This is reality. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we are going to go through valleys some of us that it may be death death has touched my life as i unexpectedly lost my brother some of us it's the death of a spouse of a parent uh, of a friend maybe if, maybe it's of a child maybe it's of an unborn child um but you know these these shadows aren't even always an actual physical death um sometimes they are just dark difficult things that we walk through, and, and we're going to talk about this a little bit more. But, you know, it starts off very dismal with the reality that we will walk through valleys, through difficult valleys. But it goes on to say, on, on more of an, an upbeat, an upward swing here, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. I love that. I feel like if you gleaned, well, I mean, I, I can't even say if you glean nothing else from Psalm 23, because I mean there are so many of these little phrases that are power-packed. But maybe if you glean nothing else from this episode, glean that he is with us. I think because we live in a world that is so physical so driven and controlled by what the eyes see, what the body can experience, what the hands can touch, it tends to make the Lord feel so far off. Like, I pray and he's somewhere listening. I go through my day and I hope he's there caring for me and going before me. Um, but, but the reality is, the reality is that the spiritual realm is just as real as the physical realm. That when he says he is with us, we can with full confidence trust that he is with us, that no detail of my day is too small for his notice, that often details that may even be too small for my notice don't escape him, that he intimately knows every fabric of my being, of my life, of my story, of my husband and marriage, of my children and my parenting, of of the ministries God has called us to, everything. God is there, intertwined, interwoven in it all. He is with us. Just recently, I finished a book, it was actually just a small little booklet um, by a preacher named Rand Hummel, um, Meditations to Help You Overcome Fear, Worry, and Discouragement. It was called Fear Not. And basically, it was just scripture, and then he kind of um, you know summarized the scripture, and then he just gave thoughts on it, and you just meditated on those verses having to do with fear but it was it was so good and such a help because i feel like worry and fear and discouragement can often plague us so, so much. But my pastor back in the States, Pastor Sexton, always said that the fear of God relieves us from all lesser fears. And we've been talking with our children, this fear of God, we hear the word fear and we tend to think of um, like, like scary or shying away from something. But that's not what it's talking about when we're talking to God. God would never want us to, to shy away from Him. This fearing the Lord is having a, a reverential awe and respect for who He is, for His holiness. Um, now, sometimes that does make us cower a bit because when we see God for who He is, we also see us for who we are. And as Isaiah said, whoa, you know, David said, "Who who is what is man that thou art mindful of him? But even in that, the reality is that the God of the universe, the shepherd, the great shepherd, is with me. This God that deserves all of my all, all of my reverence, all of my respect, all of my worship, and as I see him for who he is, I realize how, how lacking I am, how selfish, how self-centered, how prideful, how impatient, how arrogant I am, how weak I am. Yet he loves me. Yet he is my shepherd. He is with me. Therefore, I will fear no evil. That fear, that reverential respect for God relieves me from the lesser fears of this world. Um, we're, we're going through my children of character cards with my kids. We, we've talked about bold, about David, how he was bold facing the giant Goliath. Um, we've talked about um, being courageous, how so many different Bible characters showed courage. Daniel in the lion's den is the one that's addressed on the character cards. Um, so many showed courage in the face of adversity when, when they c- could have and possibly maybe in a human sense should have felt fear, but they didn't. Because they were so confident that God was with them. And I love what Shadrach, uh, Meshach, and Abednego said when they were about to be thrown into their fiery furnace. They stood there not shaking in their boots, not terrified. They stood there in full confidence saying, God can save me. Jehovah can save me if he so chooses. But if not, if you throw me in the fire, God can save me. But if he doesn't, if he lets me burn, if he lets me feel that pain, if he lets me die, he's still good. I won't fear either way, whatever the outcome. You know, sometimes in our lives, I think we think, oh, well, if I know that this illness is going to be resolved and everything's going to work out or if I know that this difficulty in my life is going to be difficult for maybe a month or two, but then there's a light at the end of the tunnel, everything's going to be resolved, well, then I wouldn't fear. I would be able to have faith and go through it. That's not true faith. The being in this, this is no fear. They're, they said no matter what happens, no matter if the outcome is great, and God miraculously spares us from this fire, which God did choose to do, or whether we burn to a crisp, we won't fear for he is with us. And I just think that is so powerful that in a day and age where so many uh, authorities in this world are trying to dominate and control through the aspect of fear, our shepherd never does that. He loves us and he relieves our fears. He relieves us from our fear because of the reality that he is with us. You know, we have a choice to make though. You can choose to stay near the shepherd, abiding in his shadow. God talks about that. Um, hiding under his wings, staying in the shadow of the Almighty. Or we can choose to go our own way. And it's when we make the choice to go our own way. It's when we make our choice to remove ourselves from the safety and the protection of the shepherd. That's when the fear and uncertainty come. That's when our hearts are, are filled with fear. Um, and you know, sometimes this is, this is a battle. This is a battle of me straying from the shepherd, getting in a place of fear, getting into a place of discouragement and worry, and catching myself and bringing back to the shepherd. And then, like a silly sheep, I run off again. And then I realize, and I come back to I mean, sometimes it's just this back and forth. And you know what is amazing? Is that that does not change the shepherd's love for me. That does not change the shepherd's patience for this wayward sheep that just back and forth and back and forth. And goodness gracious, sheep just stay under my wing of protection. No, no. No, He's still. When I run back, He lovingly embraces me and brings me back in. When I go out, He lovingly and tenderly seeks for me and draws me back to Himself. I'm so thankful for that, but it it is a choice. It is a choice that we have to make. And I know I quote this verse all the time, but when I think about this choice, I always think about that verse in Corinthians, "'Casting down imaginations and every vain thing that exalted itself above the knowledge of God.'" We have to make that choice. You know, a a lot of this fear and uncertainty and all of these feelings are, are in the mind. And we have to make the choice to cast those things down and bring them under the subjection of the shepherd, of God, trusting that he is sovereign, that he knows what he's doing, that all things enter our lives for our good and for his glory, and that we need not fear evil, even in the valley of the shadow of death because He is with us. You know, there are a lot of perils in the valley for the sheep. You've got predators. You've got wolves. You've got, you know, lions. David had to fight off a lion and a bear to protect his sheep. Um, You've got severe summer storms um, in in these areas where uh, they were shepherding back in these Bible times. Severe summer storms would come up. Uh, You've got flash flooding in these areas. You've got harsh winters. You've got poisonous plants. Uh, You have parasites. We'll we'll look into some of these perils as we continue, especially with the rod and the staff comforting and, and protecting. But there are all kinds of perils for the sheep. And it's the same thing in our lives. We face so many different perils. All of us live a different story. All of us will walk through different trials, but life brings perils. We live in a sin cursed and broken world. And you know, the the reality is, is until all is made right, until Christ comes and puts an end to the sorrow that sin has brought, sin will continue to bring sorrow because that's what sin does. Um, None of this is God's fault. You know, God God desires that man be fully restored to him, that all things be made right and praise the Lord in his timing it will. But until then, we live with the consequences of our sin, and that brings that brings heartache, that brings tragedy that brings grief. And I'm not even sitting here saying that every trial that enters into our life is because of sin. Um, We just live in a broken world. We live in a world where there is sickness. We live in a world where there is abuse, where there are mental disorders, where there is death and heartbreak. And, And oftentimes those aren't of any of our doing. Those aren't our fault. You know, I think of the blind man in the New Testament where the Pharisees, you know, accusing him, asked Jesus, Well, who sinned, this man or his parents? Jesus said, Neither. This happened. He's blind so that I will receive glory, so that my name will be known. And sometimes that's what our stories are saying. You know, it wasn't of something of our doing, but God knows what he's doing. God does all things for our good, for his glory. We have to trust the heart of the shepherd. The sheep will endure hardness. That's a fact. They have to go through the storms. They have to go through the poisonous plants. There are predators. It's a reality of being a sheep in this world. And the same thing with us. We are going to endure perils in the valley. But the journey is worth the endurance required. God will provide what we need as we lean on Him and trust our shepherd. And you know, the valley provides blessings that nothing else can provide. Um, this is coming from the book that I am reading, The Heart of the Shepherd by Stephen Chappell. He listed three things that the valley brings that you can't find anywhere else. The first one is a way to higher ground. You must endure valleys to get to the higher ground. Um, you know, there's that verse in Philippians that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection. I have a whole podcast episode I'm going to do eventually on this. I love that. I want to know Him. I want to know the power of His resurrection. But the very next phrase is the fellowship of His sufferings. Am I willing to endure the fellowship of His sufferings that I may know Him? And I'm going to be perfectly honest. It has been the times in my life where I became acquainted with the fellowship of His sufferings that I, that I came to know Him in a way deeper than I ever had when I'm in the times of the power of His resurrection. And I'm thankful for the power of His resurrection. I'm thankful for the good times, for the strong times, for the victorious times. But there are things in the valley that you cannot learn in other places. The valley provides a way to higher ground. It provides water. Valleys allow us to gather what we need for the ascent. You're going to need that water to endure to the high places. You're going to need it to get to the top. And when you can fill up in the valley, just basking in the water of His word, being refreshed, being restored, um, being giving, getting all that your soul needs, it will carry you to the higher places. And then the last one is wisdom. They provides a way. It provides water, and it provides wisdom. There is wisdom that is gained in the valleys, that doesn't come about any other way, and and that's hard, and we don't like that. And I've shared on the podcast before, um, just do. I really, I think it was twenty twenty, and the world was falling apart, and I remember praying. And asking the Lord, you know, Lord, I just want my kids' lives to be happy, to be full of joy, not to be full of sorrow and sickness and a world gone crazy. This isn't what I want. And the Holy Spirit just spoke to my heart and reminded me that it was the trial times of my life where I grew in my faith. And he challenged me with the thought, be careful what you pray for. Do I really want my children's lives to be full of ease? My mama heart? I'd like it if they never had to face sickness or or broken relationships or hardship. But the reality is it's those very things that will grow their faith to be the faith that I pray that they have. What is more important to me? I want them to have a Just a faith that is on fire. You know, we read about these great heroes, about the Coryton Booms, uh, about the Jim Elliots, these people who are just champions for Christ. But man, they went through valleys. They went through dark, dark valleys. They didn't have ease, but God used it to do his effectual work in their lives. And, And I was just really challenged. To think about what I was praying for and to make sure that what I'm asking really aligned with truth. And you know what I realized? That asking for ease and happiness and, and, and a pain-free life did not align with truth. Now I did start asking that none of that would come about due to them choosing sin, choosing to stray from the shepherd. But I asked God, my, my, my tune changed. If they are close to you and you and your perfect sovereign wisdom choose for things to enter their lives that are difficult, that break their hearts, help it to grow their faith, help them to learn the lesson, help them to not fear because they are confident that you are with them. And you know, I pray the same thing for my life, that God will do that for me. Um, But you know, we need not fear because He is with us. We have this calm assurance, this peace. I love this quote from the book. The shepherd does not fear the valleys. He knows the necessity of traveling through such places, and he demonstrates great poise and caring for his sheep. He knows what lies in the valleys and beyond. Beyond the valley, the valley isn't forever. There is a beyond the valley. Um, whether that is for you on this earth, or maybe there are trials, maybe there are valleys that will extend uh, to the end of your life, but there still is a beyond for the believer. There is an eternity of joy, no sorrow, no tears, no brokenness, no um, children with with learning disorders, no miscarriage, no broken marriages, no struggling, no strife. There, there is a beyond Wh- wherever, like I said, here or there, there is a beyond and we can find hope in that. You know, I'm currently reading to my children, Hind's Feet on High Places. Um, It's an allegory. We love allegories. I read them Little Pilgrim's Progress a few years ago. I did a whole podcast episode on the lessons that we learned from that. And it was such a blessing to our home to study through the Christian life in that way, in a very relatable way to them. Things that were difficult to explain, became so real to them as we walked the journey with Christian and faithful and hopeful. And the same is happening as we're going through Heinz Feet on High Places. We're about a third of the way through the book, um, so I may have to do an episode of all the things that we've learned from there. But let me give you a sneak peek. So, high and feet on high places is the story of much afraid. Much afraid is is crippled in physical appearance. Her feet are crippled. Um, her you know her her soul is crippled as she is a family of the fearings, family member of the fearings, given to fear. Yet she meets the shepherd, and her heart uh, is captivated by his love, by a difference that she sees in him that she doesn't see in any of the people that live in her valley. And, uh, kind of long story short, getting through the beginning here, the shepherd calls her to go to the high places. She desires to go to the high places. She wants so much more than what, uh, I can't remember if it's the Valley of Desolation. I can't remember exactly what the name of where she lives is. Um, uh, but she wants more. Than that, She doesn't want to be a fearing. She doesn't want to, uh, to live in that. She wants to dwell on the high places. But the shepherd tells her, okay, you're going to embark on this journey, but I'm going to tell you, it's not going to be easy. You're going to have to go through difficulty. You're going to have to limp your way up. To become to where one day you can have hinds feet, feet like a deer, feet like the shepherd who can so swiftly run over these high places, run to the high places. You're gonna have to climb and it's gonna be difficult. Uh, But the shepherd tells her, I am always there. All you do is call to me and I will be at your side. And time and time again, he is. But he tells her, I'm gonna give you two companions. They're going to hold your hand and they're going to walk you through everything you need to learn the lessons that you need to have the hinds feet on high places. So she's like, great, I'm going to have these companions. The shepherd has told her over and over again, I have picked them with love. I know you. I know what you need. I know what you need to grow, what you need to develop these hinds feet. And I've picked these these guides for you. And so she follows him. She gets to her guides and they're these hooded, uh, kind of scary women. And she was like, whoa, wait, I thought my guides were joy and peace. Who are these? And he says, well, this is sorrow and this is suffering. And much afraid almost quits her journey to the high places at this. She is so um, just aghast that her great shepherd whom she is falling in love with would choose sorrow and suffering to be her greatest companions. But As much afraid begins this journey, she learns that there are lessons that sorrow and suffering teach her, that joy and peace would never be able to teach her. And there are lessons that she has to learn through sorrow and suffering to make her into the person that is going to get the new name, that is going to get to live with the shepherd, that is going to be able to develop these hinds feet. Um, so, so you walk through this, you know, and so much afraid kind of gets over sorrow and suffering, and all right, well, here she goes with them. Um, and then all of a sudden, instead of going up to the high places, uh, sorrow and suffering start taking her into this desert, And much afraid again calls to the shepherd. And the shepherd comes and she's like, what are you doing? I'm supposed to go up, not down into the desert. What is going on? And the shepherd just so gently again says, much afraid. There are lessons that you have to learn in the desert before you can get to the high places. This is what we're talking about. This is that way, the wisdom, the water that comes. So she goes to the desert. And while she's there, she sees grain being threshed being beaten, being trodden upon, yet then the fine flour being taken from that to make wonderful nourishing bread. She sees, um, gold being, you know, uh, ugly stones, ugly metals being thrown into this fire, coming out purified, beautiful, dazzling to now be useful. She sees a potter at his wheel with lumps of dirt and clay. Nothing beautiful, nothing useful. But as they're in the potter's hands, he molds them into vessels. The Bible talks about vessels into honor that are useful for for him, for his purposes, for the shepherd. And much afraid begins to realize, okay, there are lessons that I need to learn in the desert. There are some things. He's got to mold me, and that molding process isn't... Always beautiful and comfortable but he is working in me in effectual work. He is purifying. He is removing the dross. He is making me what he wants me to be so that I am useful, so that I come th- out purified. You know, and, and then in the middle of this desert, she finds this, uh, this single pipe that has a hole in it that's dripping this little water in. In an area with no plants, there's this one little flower. This beautiful flower. And uh, she asks the flower, what's your name? And it says acceptance with joy and you know and i don't know if my kids got it but i was about in tears realizing that the lessons in the desert are concreted in our hearts when we accept with joy and that's difficult i'm not here to say it's easy Even when the shepherd is at our sides, even when we know and we're confident that he's with us, it still doesn't always make it easy, but we can trust, we can rest, we can move forward day by day, sometimes even moment by moment, calling out to our shepherd, leaning on his strength and trusting in him. Experience in the dark valleys teaches us that even in the midst of difficulty, we can find refreshment in our shepherd. And I think this is so beautiful. I saw this when we grieved the loss of my brother. But the testimony of a Christian in these valley times is one of the most beautiful illustrations to a lost and dying world that what we have is real. It's real. Because, yes, I grieved when we lost him i-i've grieved other trials that have been my life. I grieved when we lost our baby to miscarriage before I had willow. Life brings grief, life brings sorrow and lament and and, and I think that's fine, that's natural. We're humans. But the way we grieve, you know, the Bible says that we grieve not as those that have no hope. And I saw that. I I saw people grieve the loss of my brother that did not know Christ, and it was a different grief. And it was a dark grief. It was a hopeless grief. And my heart broke for them, and I really saw for the first time that in the midst of my pain... I wanted God to use it. I wanted God to make something out of it. And God can do that in all of our lives as we lean on Him, as we trust in Him, as we allow Him to make these dark valleys of the shadow of death into something beautiful, as we trust, as we give not into fear, because we are comforted that He is with us and we can lean on Him in those times. Psalm 121 verses 3 and 4 says, He will not suffer thy foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. God needs to he needs not sleep he needs not rest he is constantly continually working on our behalf every moment and you know god's outside of time so i could say god works on our behalf 24/7 but but he's he exists outside of time but as far as human concepts go there is never a moment where your shepherd is not looking out for you there is never a moment where the shepherd is distracted from his sheep somehow some way in a way that only god could could do because it's just so far beyond our human comprehension. He can be so intimately in tune to the life of every single person on this continent. And that's amazing. We can find great comfort and great hope in that. Um, Another quote from the book that I've been going through in this study, A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23 by uh, W. Philip Keller, is the person with a powerful confidence in Christ, the one who has proved by past experience that God is with him in adversity, the one who walks through life's dark valleys without fear, his head held high, is the one who in turn is a tower of strength and a source of his inspiration uh, and a source of inspiration to his companions That's what I want out of my trials. God, make them more than my sorrow. Make them more than my grief. Let me be a tower of strength and a source of inspiration and encouragement to others. I hope that's what this podcast does for you. And if you're going through a dark time, trust the shepherd. And as he brings you to that beyond the other side of the valley, let him use your experience to encourage others. Others need What you can offer them. Others need that encouragement. God created believers in that way that we can encourage and help one another as we bear one another's burdens. I'll close with one last thing. I recently read the book Always Only Good by Shelley Hamilton. It is a journey of faith through um really her story of her oldest son's mental illness that ultimately led to him committing suicide. Um just just Tragic story, a very, very dark and difficult valley that God chose for them to walk through. But her faith through it all was so encouraging to me. I mean, she she's a tower of strength and a source of inspiration. And this is what she said: um, some excerpts from her journal after after her son died. She said uh, one thing here. She said, "I know God best when I have to cling." him, This is one of those lessons that you learn in the valley. When you're on the mountaintop, we tend to not cling very tightly. We we feel like we don't need to. Things are good. It's all going well. Oftentimes we think, I must be doing a pretty good job. Uh, But it's in those valley times where well, we realize our insufficiency, where we realize our inadequacy, and we cling to Him. And, and my prayer for my life is that I will learn and gain the spiritual maturity to cling to Him no matter what. No matter whether I'm on the, the lowest of the low valley or the highest of the high mountaintop, that I will cling to Him continually. She also goes on to say, "'Trials bring me closer to God "'because when I live by faith, "'I have to humble myself to His will. "'When my will is broken and I accept Him as better, "'my heart softens. "'If and when I harden my heart, "'it only destroys my relationship "'with my all-powerful, omnipotent, all-knowing Savior "'who created me and gifted me with salvation "'by His own tremendous sorrow, pain, "'and suffering on the cross.'" Trusting God in the hard times is when He is most glorified. I'm just going to end it there because I don't feel like I could say anything to top that. Trusting God in the hard times is when He is most glorified. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you so much that you are our shepherd. And Lord, I pray that as women have been following along with this study, Lord, just as you're using it in my heart, when I say that phrase now, so much explodes in my heart and in my mind it's not a simple statement it is a, a reality it is a truth it is something that I see so evident in my life in so many aspects I thank you that you desire to be our shepherd I pray if there's anyone listening and they don't know you as their shepherd that they don't know you as their savior that they will come to do so Lord and I pray for the ladies and if there's anybody that is in a valley, that is walking through a dark valley, a valley of the shadow of death even. Lord, I pray that they will fear no evil, but that they will find comfort, that they will trust that you are with them. Lord, use our trials, use our valleys, use our sorrow, use our pain to bring you glory, to point others to Christ. And Lord, I just pray that you will receive all the glory due your name through the stories that you choose to write for us. You are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope that the No Higher Calling podcast has been a blessing to you. If so, please subscribe, share with your friends, and engage with me on Instagram at No nohighercalling underscore. You can also subscribe to receive the No Higher Calling encouragement email on my website, which is www.nohighercalling.org. This includes podcast notes, what I'm reading, spiritual encouragement, a glimpse into my home, and some of my favorite products and resources. You can also enjoy more content on the No Higher Calling YouTube channel. I pray that this podcast will encourage you to follow more in love with Jesus and to be the Christian woman he's called you to be. Thanks for listening.